I want to talk to you today about the eternal covenant made before the foundation of the world, where your salvation and my salvation was planned before there was a world. And to Jesus be the glory. And thank you for being with me today. This is going to be a very important teaching, a very uh, needed teaching. So let's pray. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray you will give us a clear understanding today. Open our hearts. Give us your knowledge. We give you all the praise, dearest Lord, and meet every need, I pray today, in your people's lives. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. What a glorious day we're living in today. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read... Uh, from verse 1 to verse 14, and then I'm going to stop and explain some things to you that are really so powerful. You know, I've believed, I've always believed in predestination, not predetermination, but predestination, because I still believe we are responsible to follow the Lord. But God did choose us before the foundation of the world, and I know many people have many questions about predestination, what does it mean? Does it mean we don't have a free will? All that and more. So today we're going to look at some amazing scriptures, and I'm going to continue tomorrow because there's so much in the Bible about this. And I think it's time, you know, I discuss it with you, and just let's look at the Bible. Let the Word of God talk to us. Let the Bible answer that question. So we begin with a very known and very well-read chapter, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 3 is important because he begins by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, God called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then later, the God of Israel in Exodus. But here we see Paul calling the God we serve, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But watch the connection here. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, these spiritual blessings he explains beginning at verse 4. But we have to understand something. That God chose his son before he chose us. In other words, that God de de declared by promise, by promise. There was a conference in heaven before the foundation of the world. In this conference, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had a meeting. At that time, the Father was not called the Father, and the Son was not called the Son till later. And we'll talk about that later, because I, I think there's a need to explain that at some point. But just see God, the Trinity, together. And before the foundation of the world, before there were angels or humans or the world or heaven, there was literally nothing yet created but God. In the beginning, God. That's how the Bible begins. In the beginning, God. What a powerful way to start the Bible. Now, God Almighty planned your redemption, my redemption, before the foundation of the world and wrote our names 
in a book called the Book of Life at that time. In Revelation 13, we read Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. And there's a lot about that in the, in the Word of God. So I'm going to take my time and explain that. That's why I, I, I do need two programs on this, okay? But God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has to do with the fact that God called his Son by promise that he would be and become flesh, that he would be God in the flesh. And at the moment that happened, the Bible says Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world and preordained, as I'll show you from Peter in just a second. But now let me just say something here that I, I need to add because I think it's important to understand that there were seven covenants in the Bible. There are seven covenants mentioned in the Word of God. The first one is the eternal covenant, when, when God planned and prepared our salvation. The second covenant was called the Adamic covenant. But every covenant after that, the foundation for all covenants in the Bible was the eternal covenant, that God chose a people for himself. For he said, I know them who are mine. So the Adamic covenant, then came the Noahic covenant, when God made a covenant with Noah. Then the Abrahamic covenant, number four, that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Number five, the covenant God made with Israel called the Mosaic covenant. And then Davidic covenant, and finally seven, the new covenant. So there are seven covenants in the Bible. The eternal covenant, number one, which happened before the foundation of the world. Then God made a covenant with Adam, with Noah, with Abraham, which included Isaac and Jacob, Moses and Israel, David, and the church called the new covenant. Now, one day I'll teach on this because every covenant uh, has promises and conditions and a sign of the covenant the token of the covenant. But that's for another teaching, because it's quite powerful. Now, let's focus on this one. So it says in verse 4 uh, that God the Father chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So he chose his son first and then chose us. Real quickly, before I go on, let's go to Isaiah 42, and I'm going to read verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect or chosen one, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. Now this is about the Lord Jesus. This is about the Lord. In whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment or justice to the Gentiles. So here we see, that God Almighty chose his son, here says my chosen one is the Hebrew. My elect is what the King James says. So God chose his son, and then he chose us in him. He chose us in him. Now, in this covenant, the Trinity was involved. God the Father purposed it. Purposed it. God the Son is the one who literally fulfilled it, and the Holy Ghost is the one who applied it. So when you look at this amazing 
covenant. The father to fulfill his own purpose. The son is the one who carried it out or fulfilled it. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the one who applies it in our life. But it begins with the father. It says, according as he has chosen us in him, meaning in Christ, because he finishes by talking about it in, in Christ Jesus, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So God declared us holy and blameless before we were ever created as the church. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So here we see that it was his good pleasure. He's the one that purposed it. Now notice verse 6. It says to the praise of the glory of his grace. This is the the praise moment with every part I'm going to show you. So verse 4 to verse 6, that's the Father's part in the covenant. He's the one who chose us. He's one who declared us holy, blameless, before him in love. He's the one who adopted us into his family by Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. And then it, it, it has this beautiful praise and exclamation to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now comes the the covenant or the part of the covenant that the, that Jesus would fulfill, that Jesus would carry out. It says, in whom, that is in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Now this all happened before the foundation of the world. This is something amazing, that we were redeemed before Adam sold us. Think about this. It all ties in with before the foundation of the world that Paul begins with, chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So everything that follows happened before the foundation of the world, that we were were redeemed. We were forgiven. It says the forgiveness of sins. Listen, this once, you know, it almost, you almost, you want to shout that God forgave us before we even were created. Now that does not give us license to sin. That gives us the, the, the desire to, to live for the Lord and please Him and be holy. And I'll say more about that later. Because once you realize that you were chosen to be a child of God, that God adopted you before you even knew Him, that He wrote your name in the, in the book of life, everything in you wants to serve the Lord and, and, and live holy for the Lord and please the Lord, not sin against Him. It says, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. That was declared for us before the foundation of the world. And one day, as we become like him, we will reach that place. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. That happened before the foundation of the world. According to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Now, let me, let me just jump. Yes, I'm going to come back to that. Here, we, here we, we are told that he gave us all wisdom and prudence. Now, this is like incredible. This is, this is amazing. That not only were we redeemed and forgiven, but he gave us all wisdom. 
Now look, if you go with me quickly to Romans 8, and you'll see something amazing, because here, here Paul is talking about the elect. And verse 28 of Romans 8 says, we know that all things work together for good to them, that love God, to them who are what? The called, according to his purpose. Remember, we're just tying it with Ephesians 1. For whom he did foreknow before the world began, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is, this is mind-boggling that God declared we would be conformed to the image of Jesus before the foundation of the world, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified, before the foundation of the world. So now you can understand better Ephesians chapter 1, where now we, we, we see something amazing in this amazing verse 9, that he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. We still don't know it now. We're in, in, the, in the flesh. We're, we, we, we are still uh, being, being saved, you know. Remember, I've said this before. My spirit was saved, my soul is being saved, and my body will be saved on resurrection morning. So my spirit is complete. Your spirit is complete. Your spirit and my spirit already are saved. But our soul is in the process of salvation still. It's being saved from day to day. We're, we're being changed into his image from glory to glory. One day our body will be saved when it is raised from the dead. Then we shall be like him from what it says in Philippians 3, 20 and 21, that we will put off, he'll deliver us from this vile body and give us a body like his own, glorious body. So here we see it so beautifully that God Almighty in, in, in Romans 8, it says, we shall be like him to be conformed into his image. Now God declares us here chosen in him, blameless and holy before him in love, adopted, and here it says redeemed, forgiven, and abounded toward us. You know the word abounded means overflow. In all wisdom and in all prudence or understanding. Imagine the day will, will come you will, be, you will know as you're known. You'll have all understanding. One day we shall be like him. That was spoken by a promise. When God spoke it, it happened. Then history came and fulfilled it. God looked through the corridor of time and saw you. Because he knows the end from the beginning, it says in Isaiah. And he chose you before the foundation of the world. Now, some will, you know, already are asking, where is my free will? I'm, gonna, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So we have to go slowly on this one. And tomorrow, join me. We'll talk about that and more. But it's important to see that what the Bible says about our predestination, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure 
which he hath purposed in himself. And this is about the Lord Jesus. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. That's the rapture of the church is what this is talking about, that those in heaven and we on earth will be raptured if, if the Lord will tarry. We will be with him. If not, it could happen anytime. But the church that will be alive then will be raptured, joining the saints in heaven, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So think about that God gave you the, the inheritance before you even knew his name. Being predestined, that's why. It happened at, at the time we were predestined, according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. And watch how it closes. This part of the Lord's part. It says, what? That we should be to the praise of his glory. So it all finishes like the Father's part finishes to the praise of the glory of his grace. When we read what Jesus has promised to do in, in our life and through you know, our life, to the praise of his glory. And then comes the part of the Holy Spirit in verse 13. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So here comes the Holy Spirit and seals you to apply the work in you. And that work began at our salvation. You know, any, anyone who questions predestination, I want to ask you a question. Who saved who? Who found who? Did, did you find the Lord or did he find you? Did you save yourself or did he save you? It is impossible for you and me to have found God by our own strength. How can you find God? How can anyone find God? He found us. We did not find him. You and I were on our way to destruction. Where one day suddenly Jesus came and we were convicted by the Holy Spirit and our eyes opened where we became aware of our miserable state and the death we were in and the bondage we were in. It's, it's the Lord that showed us all that about ourselves. He's the one who gave us faith to believe in him. You could not even have believed in him without him giving you the faith to believe. He's the one who drew you. It says the Father will draw you to the Son. Jesus said, no man will come to me except the Father draws him. I was on my way to destruction before I got saved in 72. And one day, just like this, for two years, young people in school were after me, and I, and I thought they were all crazy because they said, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, inviting me to church, and I did not want to, want to go with them. I thought I was already a Christian. I grew up in Israel. I was an altar boy in the Greek Orthodox Church. I thought, surely I'm in. What's wrong with them? But one day, the Holy Spirit showed me clearly that I need Jesus. February 14, 72, it happened suddenly. The Lord gave me a dream the night before where I saw myself going down a deep stairway as a prisoner with other prisoners. And there were small creatures with forks, you know, big forks in their hands, demons. And I saw an angel of the Lord appear and motioned me to come. And a door opened out of nowhere, and he took me in this dream 
and we flew over the city of Toronto and he put me right there at George Vanney High School at the same spot I got saved hours later. Don't tell me that I could have invented this. You, your story. Jackson here, your story. Who saved himself? Who found the Lord? Nobody could find God. I had a guy years ago that went to OCC who was so hungry for God, he didn't know how to find him, so he went to Tibet and got more confused than ever. It was then later that God found him. It's he who finds. It's he who comes after his lost sheep. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose, I chose you in John. So we, we couldn't have done it. So anyone who questions predestination should ask one question. Did I find God or did he find me? Oh, you know the answer. He found you and he saved you. So if he's the one who began this process, let him finish it. Just walk with him. Abide in him. That's all we have to do. Our job is quite simple. Abide in him. Jesus said, follow me. That's all he said. Just follow me, abide in me, all is well. Wow, how simple is that? And the Holy Spirit sealed us, it says, which is the earnest, well, in verse 13, it says he, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the down payment or the earnest of our inheritance. Think about when you buy a house, what do you do first? You put a down payment in most cases. The Holy Ghost put a down payment on, you know, on you and me and think, if the down payment is this good, how great must be the inheritance itself? Yay, hallelujah. Don't you love that? If the, if the down payment is this good, you're loving this, aren't you there, Lucas? This is, our experience is only the down payment. Our salvation, our joy, our peace, the promise of heaven, the blessed presence of the Holy Spirit, all that is, is the down payment. Think about if the down payment is this good, how good must be the inheritance that's coming? Wow. Then it says, unto the praise of his glory, one more time. So here we see the work of Predestination by the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost before, and I want to repeat, before the foundation of the world. And verse 9 says that God the Father purposed it. Verse 11 of Ephesians 1, the Son is the one who fulfilled it and carried it out. And verse 13 is the Holy Ghost that applied it. Now, now let me show you something incredible, okay? So, I'm about to shout, I tell you. <laughs> First Peter, can I shout? I'm, 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 I'm holding, yay! I'm holding it in, I can't even hold it in. Ah, First Peter, you know, how can you but get excited when you think God chose me and you when we did not even know him to be his children? First Peter, haha, chapter one, verse 18 through 20, it's incredible. Look what it says here. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, and that means from aimless conduct, received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was what? Foreordained before the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? That the cross took place before the foundation of the world, the work of Calvary and redemption took place before the foundation of the world, but was manifest 
in these last times for you. I mean, the Bible is so full of scriptures to do with predestination. Let me, let me show you this incredible portion here. Well, there's, a, there's more than one, okay, there's more than one. And I'm going to continue tomorrow, so please join me. Because tomorrow I'm going to continue and I want to bring, bring some clarity and balance to this whole teaching because there is that part where you and I are responsible before the Lord to live the life, to live the Christian life. All right. Now, John 15, and then I want to stop but I'm going to just give you John 15 and John 6, and then we're going to stop and pray. Oh, dear Lord, I want to shout again. All right. You have not chosen me, verse 16, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Now, hold, hold. Past tense, ordained. That Greek word is appointed you. This is all before the foundation of the world. Because he didn't say, I choose you. He said, I have chosen you. I have ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you will ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I've struggled for years with this subject. Of predestination, where is free will, all that stuff. I think I'm getting closer to where I really want to be. Because I don't believe in predetermination. I believe in predestination. Where God made the decision, purposed it in himself to save you, to save me, to save the elect. Yet he gives us the ability and the power to follow him. Our Our surrender to him is not who can surrender to God. He gives us the will. He gives us the desire to surrender. It's God who works in you, it says. It's God who works in you to will and to do his pleasure. It is God who works through and in you. It's like he gave you the faith to to come to the cross. When you got saved, how did you know you are saved? Did you read a book about it? Did you watch a program that convinced you? You just knew. The day I was saved, I knew everything in me knew I belonged to Jesus. Who told me that? Angels? No. The Holy Spirit told me that. The witness of the Spirit is stronger than the voices of a billion people shouting at you. The witness of the Holy Ghost is stronger than anything we see and hear in the natural. The witness of the Spirit is stronger than creation itself. To me, in comparison to the witness in my heart, everything else is a lie. Because that witness speaks into our depth. Okay, someone comes to you and says, deny the faith. You say, no way. Many Christians today have died for 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 the faith. How can a young house or a Tyndale burn and praise the Lord at the same time years ago. The people who gave us our Bible. They, they, they were killed. They were burnt at the stake. How could they burn and praise the Lord 
and not pay attention to the fire and to the torment because Jesus became more real than the fire. So who is the one giving us the reality of faith? The Lord. How can you love someone you've never seen? They saw the Lord 2,000 years ago and didn't love him. We have not seen him and love him. Who gives us that, that love for the Lord? The Holy Spirit. How about the reality? How real is Jesus in your life? I'm sure more real than your neighbors, more real than your own skin. Who gives us that reality? The Holy Ghost. So think about what I'm saying then. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I could not have found God, even if we tried. Lord, I thank you for your word. Listen, I'm going to continue tomorrow. Please be with me now. Don't miss it and share this with your friends. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless your people in a mighty way, Lord, with this, that they will know they are predestined. They are chosen, chosen before the foundation of the world. I think I'm beginning to understand more. Many are called for your chosen. We'll talk about that tomorrow, okay? I don't think this has anything to do with the ministry. I think it has to do with just what I'm talking about. Many are called into salvation. If you are chosen because the, the seed is cast out and the one, one group, they lose it, and the other group, there's no depth, and the other group, it, they, it, it's choked. But the chosen keep it. Hallelujah. They are translating my teachings today in different languages. Let me show it to you quickly, and I want to come back. Watch this quick. I'm teaching today on the blood of God. One of the most important teachings any one of us can bring to you. Una vez que comprendamos la sangre derramada de Jesús en la cruz, es importante recordar que Dios Todopoderoso essa verdade tem um significado profundo e deve ser sempre lembrada. Побывать об этом важном учении и его значении. Бог создал Абрахам Риф. Gott führte Israel aus Ägypten. Isn't that amazing? What I'm teaching you is, is going to be in 12 languages soon. And I need your help to pay for it. It's $2 a minute. It's not really a lot. It's not a lot of money. 
But think, think about the impact it's going to have worldwide. And even my lips move with it. It's a new technology. It's amazing. Let's do it for the Lord. Let's do it for the Lord right, right away. And we're also uh, uh, launching our own app. Our own, we can tell you so much about it later. But, okay, it's time to give. Go ahead and sow your seed today for the work of the Lord and help me get those languages going. Please, please, please. All right, you just saw it. So you can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our uh, website, benin.org, or you can text VHM45777. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow.